Hey, and welcome to Eliza Starting at 16. I'm Eliza Rubin, an 18-year-old girl living on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, and I'm here to do my very best to explain the big, wide world of teenagers these days. So first off, something I'm obsessed with this week, which is a podcast called Emotional Hangs. Emotional Hangs is a podcast where two men who are also comedians named Joe DeRosa and Kurt Braunohler, Braunohler, I hope I'm saying that right, um, who are also really, really close friends, talk about feelings, feelings about friendship and life's big changes like having kids and getting married and where they are in their careers. And they talk about real things that friends talk about. And I really like the podcast it's kind of comforting to listen to and to listen in on someone's friendship, but I also really like the premise of it just because closeness between, like, men is not actually shown that often. Like, emotional intimacy is just something that you don't see that many places. And so for there to be a podcast where the premise is we're really good friends, we love each other, we care about each other, and we're going to show it to you is something that I think is really important and cool. Um, I was thinking about other examples where you would see that, and the one that came to mind right away was Brooklyn Nine-Nine. All of the men on that show are really close friends and genuinely care about each other and say things like, I love you, over the phone, and are, like, really supportive and open and communicative. And that's something that you don't see, and you especially don't see it not being the butt of the joke. And in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's not the butt of the joke at all. It's It can be funny, but it's not, the joke isn't, haha, look how close they are, that's lame. It's really important and helpful, and as per usual, it's Brooklyn Nine-Nine killing it. If you don't watch that show, you really need to. They've done an amazing job lately, and just always, of talking about important things and being hilarious, and they're just great. But I would definitely recommend Emotional Hangs. They've talked to their friends and other, like, sets of best friends, and a a lot of it is about, like, navigating how you feel about your career where you are in your life like one of the men is is single and has no children and the other one is married with a baby and they talk about for example like how to navigate that change and stay friends throughout maybe having to adjust how their friendship works because of these new differences so I just think it's a good thing to listen to and important and I just really like it and it's funny because they're two comedians so I would definitely recommend emotional hangs so something I've been thinking about lately is reading and that's a pretty common thing to think about I guess but part of why I've been thinking about it is that I've had such free days lately because I don't really have school anymore I haven't graduated but I'm not in school um and I realized on the one hand part of what I want to do is sit around and do nothing and watch TV, but also I've gotten way more into reading, and I've been thinking about why and kind of talking about it with my mom, because I know that often people are like, how do we get teenagers to read? How do we get teenagers to read? And part of why I don't normally read that much is because when you're being, like, when you have to read for a grade and there's material that's assigned to you, it kind of turns you off from the whole notion in a way at least in my experience, and I know, like, with a lot of my friends, there's a way in which, like, when someone wants you to read something, you kind of want to rebel, and it just makes it seem like the concept is kind of a pain. Like, even if you know you love books, and you know you want to experience that, and that you should be reading, and even if you have time to read, there's just something about it being, like, looped in with having to read things and write about them for school that makes it seem less 
fun. And also there's the fact that like I'm kind of overwhelmed by how much television and how much stuff there is and some of it is new but doesn't feel new, you know? It's like how many articles can I read about the same thing and in a way that's pushed me toward feeling restless and pushed me toward reading. And that's a good thing, I think. And for people who think that people don't really want to read anymore, there's so much stuff out there that's not reading, that takes less time or less effort, I actually don't necessarily think that it's true that people will stop wanting to read just because there's all this other stuff out there. Because when there's so much out there and it's all kind of blending together and people are recycling content in a lot of ways or there's just a format, reading kind of feels more exciting. I'm more interested in reading now because I feel like I've been so lazy or like nothing new and exciting is coming to my mind. So I'm just watching things that I've already seen even if they're technically new. So I would actually say that um, in a kind of ironic way, the more TV you watch and the more you're on your computer, at least for me, the more you're going to want to read because it's just time for a change of pace and it feels so much more fun now that you don't, now that I anyway, don't have to do it and have to analyze what I'm doing. Analyzing what you're doing makes it a lot less fun and there's no quicker way to get someone to dislike a book than to assign it to them. And now a brief note about the college process, because even though I've survived it, well, because I've survived it, I was realizing the other day with my friends, one of my friends pointed out that we've all had such different paths to where we are now, and there's no one way that it's really done. If you compare everyone's different route to the college, or maybe not even the college or the year, whatever it is that's happening to them in the coming year, none of us got there the same way. And I don't think that's really how I expected it, at least going in. You know, you expect you apply early or you apply regular and you find out and you're either in or you're not. Maybe you're waitlisted, whatever, but it'll happen. But really, there are a lot of different twists and turns and ways to do things and strategies. And it was a really scary process. And in a way, I think that if you haven't gone through it yet, it's a comfort to know that, like, Whatever way you go through it isn't wrong, you know, and there are a lot of ways that things happen, but ultimately you're going to be fine with it and you're going to be happy even if it takes a few disappointments in the meantime. Like plenty of people don't get in where they originally thought they were going to go and then are happiest with that decision and happiest that they didn't get in there because then they wouldn't have found the place of their dreams. And I, I just think that in a way, it seems like it's a straight line to what you're doing, or it's like a two-pronged flowchart, you know, but it's really not at all. There are a lot of options and a lot of things to consider. Like, if you get waitlisted, do I want to stay on the waitlist, or do I want to get off it and maybe take a chance and see if maybe I'll get off it in, like, July, and then I'll have to change what I'm doing, or do I stay on, or, you know, there's just so many, there are just so many choices that you have to make along the way even from right from the start when you're deciding, like, which test am I going to take, ACT or SAT? And I just think that it feels really stressful when you feel like you're the one going through it and everyone else is doing the same thing. But when you look back, when you're finally done with it, you're going to realize that, like, no one did it the way you did it and everyone is just fine. I just think that it's not something that they talk about a lot. It often seems just kind of like it's the process, but Really, it's a bunch of different little processes, and 
everyone's is going to be different, so don't fret. And now something I'm done with, which a lot of people seem to be done with lately, which is Katy Perry. And I don't want to bash her, but it just seems like her new aesthetic is a little bit fakey. It's kind of like Miley Cyrus's old aesthetic that she discarded whenever, one day when she felt like coming out with a new song. And Katy Perry picked it up, dusted it off, dusted it off, and now she's making music that isn't really that interesting and... I don't know. It doesn't seem very authentic to me, and I just kind of am done with her shenanigans. She's made some kind of cringy mistakes lately, and I'm just not really into it. I haven't been, like, a huge fan of hers, but I liked her better when she was doing things for fun instead of trying to be edgy in a weird way that doesn't seem to fit, and I think that's kind of the mentality that a lot of people are adopting lately, which is just that Whatever weird shtick she's trying to pull off now, it's not really working. She's not pulling it off. And it's not that interesting. It's been done a few times before, and people didn't love it then, and they don't really love it now. So that's that. Not to be harsh, but I feel a little harsh about it. So that is that for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and come back in a week, because who knows what we'll be into by then. Bye.